turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. I want to talk right now about a great company from the past. Is it a great company in the future? I don't see it yet, but we can talk about it. Let's talk about Big Blue, IBM. It's a multinational computer technology services company. They're headquartered in Armonk, New York. That's a problem. Where the hell is Armonk, New York? Who wants to live in Armonk, New York? Where are the engineers? Silicon Valley. IBM originated from bringing together several companies right around 1911. It was as far back as the 1880s. And you don't need an IBM calculator to figure out that's a long time. They punched cards and card readers to the government bureaus and insurance agencies. They became the computing tabulating recording company. Computer tabulating, computing tabulating recording company, CTR. Big Blue, the blue chip company. Thomas Watson took over the company in 1924, and he used the name International Business Machines. It has been such a long time since I've looked at IBM that I forgot their name was International Business Machines, right? They expanded into electric typewriters and other office equipment. It was a company of salesmen, and they concentrated on building a highly motivated well-paid sales force that could craft solutions for clients unfamiliar with the latest technology. The motto was think customers were advised to not fold spindle or mutilate. I know you're saying, wow, this, this does go back. This is old school through the years, especially in the 1960s, it became a very powerful tech company that did hardware, software, and service agreements. I think that the computer from 2001 space odyssey was named after IBM. His name was Hal. And every great monster movie reflects a time of what was happening in society. Vampires were, people were moving away from religion. And look, this is what will happen to you, so says the author. Frankenstein, we were getting into more surgeries and medical processes. And this is what can happen to humanity. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we started doing a lot of drugs a lot of pharmaceuticals, and this is what can happen to you. Horror movies have always reflected modern-day culture, which is interesting because the genre of horror that America is famous for, the United States, the United States, is the psycho. The United States. The United States came up with the psycho. It wasn't a, it wasn't a horror creation that Europe could come up with. It was just your in a shower and someone stabs you to death and you don't know why because maybe you look like his mother. 
So, what was IBM? Why did I tie this to horror movies? Because in 2001 Space Odyssey, I think we were starting to get afraid of computers. And what if a computer took over? We've heard Elon Musk talk about this. Elon Musk. Talk about, you know, we got to protect against robots because they will ultimately kill all humans. So... IBM, if you were to look back at the company, they went through the Great Depression, they went through World War I, World War II, the Cold War with Russia. Um, they've, they've lived through Linux. They've lived through a lot of, of change, right? Their history is as a manufacturing giant. They're known as Big Blue, after the color of its logo. Company's made everything from mainframes to personal computers, and it's been immensely successful selling business computers. Now, I know people that had IBM ThinkPads, which that brand got sold, but people used to swear by them just 10 years ago. So the company IBM has gone through a lot of changes, and my family got a personal computer. My father was in charge of basically computerizing the United States government. Um, the United States Army in particular. He gave a contract to a little millionaire back then who became a billionaire out of Texas. But I'm digressing because I go back to we had an IBM computer in our home. It ran at 4.77 megahertz. It was the Intel AD88. Um, and it was bringing computers to your home. My father had been in the U.S. Army as a, basically as a businessman. And I got to see computers long before people got to see computers, the telephone couplers, the modems. And one of the, he brought home a IBM modem and computer, and it, it was basically just a printer. So with a keyboard, and, you know, the monitor wasn't a monitor then. So it would print are you ready to play NHL hockey? And you would pick a team, and then you would say, do you want to skate slow or fast? And you'd hit one, and it says, Roblox skates down the line. Do you want to do a wrist shot, slap shot, or pass the puck? Roblox, and I hit pass the puck. Roblox passes the puck. Oh, the pass got stolen. The computer marches up. He shoots, he scores. And it would just print the action. And you had to use your imagination with it. But... They went from business computers to personal computers. They have dominated personal computers in the 1980s. Microsoft's Bill Gates agreed to create an operating system for IBM's new computer. Whoops. IBM messed that one up. So July 1980, you get to see Paul Allen and Bill Gates salivate. You want us to create an operating system for your personal computer? No problem. You want us to Take off our clothes and dance around naked, no problem, as long as we get to do that operating system. Now, I don't think that take off your clothes and dance around naked was part of the deal for Microsoft. But IBM kind of let the crown go. They also gave, we don't really want to do the operating system, so we'll let the company Microsoft do it. And we don't really want to do the semiconductors. We just want to sell the end product. We're salespeople. So they gave Intel a big entrance into the personal computer market. Now, who's to, who's to say if IBM, if Microsoft and Intel would have done this on their own? It's tough to say. But as the change in technology has happened, 
I feel that IBM's got left behind. Again, they're wildly successful. They're just not 21st century cool. So IBM's leadership, they went from Sam Palomino. He became president and chief operating officer in 2000. I used to read his articles, him and Lou Gerstner, when they talked about tech. And I haven't looked at IBM since probably 2008, 2010. They're just not a tech company to me anymore, and they don't really have any... They don't do servers well. They don't, they don't do anything that you have to follow. I bring them up because at one point in time, this was the investment. This was the craziest thing you could do. This was the best investment. Not so much anymore. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Netflix had a pretty bumping quarter. Uh, Netflix shares soared. I talked about it earlier this week that it was off 20 to 23% from its all-time high. And that's about all you're going to get from a company like Netflix. They say a correction's 5%. They say a bear market's 10 to 20%. Um, I, I think you can't really expect high growers that are well-known, well-liked names to fall 40% on a regular basis. Netflix shares soared nearly 7%. Um, today, U.S. streaming giant revealed that it picked up 6.9 million subscribers in the third quarter of the year against the expectations of 5 million. So 6.9 million versus 5 million. Company seeing massive growth beyond its home market. Out of the 6.9 million additional users, 5.8 million of those came from overseas. Revenues were in line with expectations at $4 billion in the last 90 days. So a lot of analysts were wrong this week. They came out and downgraded the stock before the, before the report. Now, today, some analysts are raising their price targets. Morgan Stanley raised their target to uh, 475 from 450. Goldman Sachs raised their price target to 480. JP Morgan goes from 415 to 450. Raymond James goes from 400 to 435. Canaccord Genuity goes from 450 to 470. Morgan Stanley's Benjamin Swinburne and other analysts at the broker noted Netflix's success at international markets paying particular attention to performance in Europe and India. They've got a show. They, they, they do shows really well. They do foreign shows really well. Uh, Sacred Games, uh, first original TV program that was launched in India this year. They're, and now they um, got another show called Ghoul and another show called Selection Day. So they are hitting on all cylinders. With that said, online video services, like, they're not the toughest thing to get into, but to replicate the success of the first mover, Netflix saw it coming years ago, and they, they did everything they could to protect themselves by coming up with original content, knowing that, you know, 
Time uh, Warner Media, which is from AT&T now, could launch a service. Viacom, Sony, Walmart, Costco, Apple, all talking about launching online video services or are in the process of doing it. AT&T's hotly contested $85 billion deal to buy Time Warner, Disney's $71 billion takeover of Fox, beating out Comcast, shows you that the big boys want to play the game. Right? You with me or are you against me? you got to choose a side because this is a civil war. So Netflix reported an undeniably strong third quarter and fourth quarter guidance that gave credence to their view um, that the World Cup had some seasonality negative issues this year for Netflix when they had softness last quarter. Netflix offers consumers an increasingly compelling, unique entertainment experience on virtually any device without commercials at a relatively low cost. The company appears to operate in a virtuous cycle as the larger their subscriber base grows. They have something called ARPU, average revenue per user. I'm not saying a dirty word. It just sounds dirty, right? The more Netflix spends on original content, it increases the potential target market for this service and reduces existing subscriber churn. They seem to be doing artificial intelligence well. They seem to know what we want. I didn't know that I wanted to see a reboot of Lost in Space, and I watched it with my boys. It was fun. And it was well. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. And this Halloween, I wanted something spooky. So I started watching The Haunting on House, the haunting of Hell House. I think that's what it's called. But it's on Netflix. I don't even consider ABC, NBC, CBS an option anymore. There could be a new show that features, let's just say I've got a thing for drunken short people juggling. Wow, there could be a wow, show on wow. ABC about drunken short people that juggle, and I have no interest because I don't do that ABC, CBS, NBC thing. Now, I still use ABC, NBC, and CBS for late night television. I've got a little bit of a sleep uh, deprivation thing going on. Uh, so, on occasion, I'll tune in to my personal opinion as I like Jimmy Kimmel the most. Um, then do I go to Jimmy Fallon? No, no. I'll go to Colbert or Jimmy Fallon last, depending on who the guests are. But that's the one thing Netflix doesn't do well. Well, that's not the one thing. There's also sports, right? Am I right? I'm right. So Netflix is piggybacking. There's significant, substantial investments to increase broadband speeds made by telecom companies. Um, so the whole net neutrality regulations allow Netflix to piggyback. So availability and speeds globally, obviously big. And we continue to see broadband availability and speeds grow. That's all I have to say about Netflix. I have no more on Netflix. I'm done talking about Netflix. The end. You may now all retire. <laughs> Yay. So one day after the stock market had a powering steadily higher day, today it's lower. And I don't really spend a lot of time worrying about it. I go, what can I look at? So United Continental, um, strong quarter. Netflix, strong quarter. 
maybe the market just needs a breather. Um, Granger was the worst performing stock in the S&P 500 yesterday after margins disappointed investors. A lot of housing data. And when housing data comes out like they did today, you see names like KB Homes, Owens Corning, Tiggersible OC, Home Depot, HD, Lowe's, LOW. There's a building products ETF called IBP. So you kind of see how this all starts to work together. American Airlines and Delta reported better than expected. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about we could talk about. That was a little hime bringing us out of break. Sweet. All girl band, their sisters. I think that's pretty cool. You can tell I didn't. I grew up not in love with the Osmonds, but I thought it was pretty cool that they all played music together. Student loan debt is a big problem. Student loans has seen a 157% increase in cumulative growth debt in the last 11 years. By comparison, auto loan debt's grown 52%. Mortgage and credit card debt actually fell by about 1%. We have a problem there. These are future consumers. They're future baby makers, future taxpayers, future baby makers, or future taxpayers. It kind of bleeds into the whole system. You know, YouTube went down worldwide for an hour yesterday, and the world freaked out. You might have gone to YouTube yesterday, hit the home page, and were greeted by a half-loading page that showed the subscribe channels, but none of the videos. You probably felt like a monkey with a keyboard <laughs> trying to click on things. And the only problem is, instead of a keyboard and a mouse, you had like a hammer trying to hit your computer to get it to work. Oh! And all you got was that 500 internal server error. Something went wrong. Something went way wrong. YouTube, YouTube TV, and YouTube Music had issues. I know you're saying, is that really a story? Kind of is. Tesla stock is rising right now as the end of Elon Musk's time as chairman is approaching. For Tesla investors, it seems to be good news. Shares of Elon Musk's companies was up big following news that should book in the era of Musk's now legendary going private tweet. Federal judge approved settlements of the securities fraud litigation that put a 90-day deadline on Tesla to ultimately get a, some independent directors and a new C and a new um, chairman. The C-suite. So Musk, for his part today, is saying, I'm buying more shares. I'm buying $20 million more of Tesla. And that's confidence, and that's, you like to see stuff like that. But I'm, I'm just a little leery of, of Mr. Musk right now, if that's fair. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. It is rapidly approaching the end of the year. And one of the things you want to do is do some end-of-the-year planning. 
oh my gosh, Canada has legalized marijuana. Awesome. Dun, dun, dun. The Mega Millions jackpot is a record high, $868 million. See if you, See if you should buy a ticket on Friday and play the stupid tax. As we head towards the end of 2018, people with individual retirement arrangements and 401ks should create a checklist to help them avoid tax and inheritance mistakes. Every year, right around this time, you should say, what can I do to make my financial picture look better? You want to be careful with rollovers. If a spouse dies, leaving a spouse as beneficiary, no problem. No probate, no tax at time of death. So as long as the spouse rolls the account into the IRA, keeps the account where it was, transfer the funds. You want to consider qualified charitable distribution. You want to consider a Roth conversion. You want to consider other moves in your portfolio at this time of year. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should see a CFP, a certified financial planner. CFP Chad Burton does that. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com and figure out what should I do at the end of the year to improve my financial situation. It's not rocket science. It's financial planning science. Underwhelming September housing starts and building permits has hurt the investor sentiment today. Is it the end of the boom? Like I told you, there was an apartment sold in my hometown for over a million dollars. And a thousand square foot apartment, which is a pretty big apartment, no doubt. But for $1.2 million, it's an apartment. There's no yard. There's no land. When you buy a house, a single family home, you typically spend you know, $600,000 on the, the house and $300,000 on the land or flip that around. So an apartment's an apartment. It makes no sense. So the information technology sector backtracks from yesterday's strong performance. Strength today in healthcare, consumer staples, communication services. Weakness in tech, energy, consumer discretion, industrials, and materials. Not a glorious day. I'll be quite honest with you. Not a glorious day. Canada has legalized marijuana. And if you take a look at a map of the United States and areas where it's been legalized, let's see. There's Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, California. Those feel like really heavy West Coast states. And then you get uh, Maine. And you get a couple medical marijuanas in between here and there and Alaska. What's up with Alaska? I don't even know. But that boom has created an investment craze, so to speak. So Sears is dying. And when Sears dies, you kind of think about who are winners and losers. There's companies that are mall operators. They're typically called real estate investment trusts. They're scrambling to a point now to point out how Sears' downfall is a positive element for their business because no one was going to Sears. So they're trying to say, we'll get someone in there that people will come see. In my hometown, the Sears that was closest kind of had a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball take out the sign, and then they turned it into a movie theater. And it's one of those cool movie theaters that has couches and alcohol and food. So... 125-year-old retailer fails, and there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. So maybe like a JCPenney now has no competition in that kind of garbage uh, category of retail 
big box stores. TJ Maxx is a huge winner, in my opinion, as a publicly traded company. Um, again, it just tells you that they're getting the product right where Sears got it wrong. I don't know if you remember, but Sears had their own clothing line. That was just, if you were caught wearing it as a kid, you were teased that your mom and dad were poor. Because you could only afford the Sears brand and not the, you know, the, the brand with an alligator on it. Real estate investment trusts could require $100 to rebuild every square foot Sears leaves behind. That could add up to $12 million per store. So you're going to see a lot of winners there. A company called Washington Prime, for instance, um, worked diligently to address unproductive department store space over the previous couple of years, and now they're just thrilled. Again, the death of competition creates opportunities for the winners. Um, Morgan Stanley took a look at Disney's Netflix competitor and says it'll be a $6 billion business. Now you take a look at a Disney's market cap and you go, that's not a big drop in the bucket. Kanye West wants Apple to build an iPlane for the president to replace Air Force One. I still want Apple to come out with an iCoffin. That's all glass. Or maybe some composite materials that you can read the news when you're dead. Kanye West visited the White House last week and met with Donald Trump. He showed his president designs for the iPlane, one which would be hydrogen-powered and built by Apple. Apple said, we don't build planes and we have no clue what the hell he's talking about. I'm paraphrasing that one. West proposed an iPlane, hydrogen-powered plane that would replace existing Air Force One. If he don't look good, we don't look good. This is our president, so says Kanye. He has to be the freshest, the flyest. This makes me want to go out and get Yeezy sneakers, but I don't know anyone who sells Yeezy sneakers. Or I, I think if I get Yeezy sneakers, you're going to laugh at me. Oh, by the way, I went to the skin doctor yesterday to get checked for skin cancer. I'm clean. I'm clean. So now I can start smoking cigarettes um, and going outside with uh, motor oil on my skin because I'm clean. Could you imagine an iPlane? What the hell is this guy smoking? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's legal in California. We hit that already this segment. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Student loan debt crisis is getting worse, and it continues to grow at an alarming rate. You're talking about $1.5 trillion, and you're talking about debt that is up 157% over 11 years. Mortgage debt's down about 1%. Auto loan debt is up 52%. I think people who finance cars are, are who finance new cars are fiscally stupid. You're hurting yourself. But people do it. I have a car that I financed. I'm wealthy. I can make dumb mistakes. It's a matter of convenience for me. It's a way of building my credit. I got it at a 1.9% loan. 
But like I said, not the smartest thing to do. Let's talk about planning for school costs and 529 plans. CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, did the show this morning um, on KDOW AM 1220. You can find him at, 12, at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. But he took a question about 529 plans. Chad? We got uh, Mark on the line. Mark, how are you? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I got a two-year-old uh, boy. I'm trying to save for his uh, education, and I'm debating between uh, California Scholarship 529 and the Vanguard um, 529 plan. That's one question. The other question is, and uh, scholarship. If I go scholarship, I was looking at the single fund, uh, which is S and P 500, is uh, last five years been returning like. 14%, but then I got a question like, uh, maybe S&P won't do that, because what would you suggest? Which one, Vanguard or is, uh, California's culture? And you know, what e- type either of- one is fine. I mean, the... the- since Tia Kreft took over the Scholarshare plan, it's it's a great account. Um, so I tend to use that or the Utah uh, plan through Vanguard is also a good one. You can compare the difference at savingforcollege.com. You can actually compare the differences side by side. Um, I would not just do the S&P 500 fund. I can tell you that. I prefer the, personally, I use the age-based aggressive plans, and then I tweak it as the kid gets closer to college on my own. Um, so for a two-year-old, you want a diversified portfolio. If you're only investing in S&P 500, you're only investing in large-cap companies, basically 50 of the companies that have already done well. Um, small, smaller companies and value-oriented companies, that's where you pay a fair price. People are forgetting about value investing and really fundamentals in general because of the S&P run-up. Uh, will typically outperform over multiple market cycles like your two-year-old is going to live through. So if you're only S&P 500, that's no small cap, that's no international, it's no emerging markets. I think you'd probably underperform a bit over a 15-year period until she goes to college. Um, so look for the age-based options and, and just let the company build the pie chart for you. It's almost free in a 529 plan, right? It's, it's such a low cost to get into those deals. Okay, so age-based ones, should I take passive or active? Um, I think at that age, how much are you how much are you trying to contribute right now? Well, uh, I'm putting five. I'm thinking about five hundred because I'm thinking maybe the kid wants to go to a private school, expensive school, and the school colleges keep going up. Might be going to school for ten years, go to medical or something. So mm-hmm. is that enough five hundred? Because I was looking at the savings for college, and with that chart, if, if it gives a seven percent return. You should have about three hundred grand in there. That should be enough, right? Well, we all hope so. I mean, we, I really hope that education just changes drastically um, in the next ten years because it's not working the way it should in this country, and it shouldn't be this expensive. Um, but I think that's a good start. I mean, you got to do it in terms of your overall financial plan because are you still saving for retirement, maxing your four hundred one k, doing a Roth before you start this five twenty nine plan? Uh, I'm saving for retirement through my company, 401k, but uh, I haven't done Roth. I might have to do that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, can do I would that. do that first because you can always take your contributions back out. And you want to make sure that your, your retirement plan is dialed and on track. You also, everybody, before they should take any money and put it into a 529 plan, should look at their retirement first and then do a projection. I mean, you know, how are you going to be as a family likely 
because if you're you know not going to have a lot saved up and a not a high income by the time your child goes to college putting a a tiny bit in a 529 plan could hurt your financial aid chances um so you might make sure your retirement track is on track first before you do this um, and then, yeah, I, I, I do, uh, I would probably go for the first, you know, hundred thousand go passive. I think that you keep the cost low, you get broad exposure to a lot of stocks. Um, I get more concerned about active management when it becomes larger portfolios as people get closer to retirement and risk control is a little bit more than, uh, uh, appropriate than, than overall growth at the least amount of cost you can probably get in a passive approach. So Okay, thank you. You bet. Thanks for the call. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We're going to be doing a new set of seminars. I'm going to be doing a new seminar in November with him. Um, it's kind of a money 201, you know, investing after the 401k. It's the end of the year, and it's always a good time to get advice on 401ks and finances. One of the things that I warn you to do is obviously go see a doctor about skin cancer. Um, as you get older and you weren't wise as a kid and you threw on no sunscreen. Sunscreen's not cancerous. It would take like 300 years to get cancer from the chemicals in sunscreen. Um, and you probably won't live to 300. So anyway, check me out at Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com. Check out Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can subscribe to my podcast or his podcast. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com.